Hi, weather friends. Welcome to the Girls Who Chase podcast, stories of women in weather and storm chasing. I'm Jen. I'm a storm chaser and science communicator, and I'll be your host. Girls Who Chase is a new initiative that empowers and inspires girls and women around the world to pursue the sciences, the weather, and their passions. On this podcast, we'll bring you the badass female and female-identified voices of the storm-chasing weather and science community to raise and tackle some real-life tough questions and issues and identify solutions and paths forward. You can find out more about what we're doing at girlswhochase.com. Now, on to the show. Jessica Moore is a meteorologist, photographer, and storm chaser of over 10 years based out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. She has a degree in broadcast and operational meteorology from Mississippi State University, and she grew up enamored by the wild weather extremes she experienced at Colorado, which sparked her passion for storm photography. Her real passion is being in the field, documenting all modes of extreme weather, from fires and floods to blizzards, hailstorms, and tornadoes. She worked with Weather Nation TV as a field correspondent for over a year, and her extreme weather footage has been seen on the Weather Channel, ABC, NBC, CNN, CBS, AccuWeather, Fox Weather, and more. She also recently launched a storm-chasing tour company called Stormscapes Photo Tours and looks forward to sharing her passion for weather with her tour guests. Talk to me about the origin of your interest in weather and then how that moved you into the field of meteorology? Absolutely. Um, I'll be honest, my dad is one of the main inspirations for my passion and interest in weather. Um, He would tell me a lot of stories about growing up um, near Dallas, where he he, he basically experienced a lot of weather. So um, he would always tell me this one story in particular that I, I loved this story so much and I wanted him to tell it to me all the time because I thought it was the craziest, craziest thing where he and his two younger brothers knew that there were tornadoes very nearby and they climbed up onto their roof and watched this tornado literally down the street hit a 7-Eleven gas station, suck up the 7-Eleven sign into the funnel, into the vortex, all the way up inside of it. And his mom was losing her mind, looking everywhere. You know, where where are my boys? Where are my sons? Like she couldn't find him through the whole house. There's a tornado warning. Like they're supposed to be taking shelter. She can't find her kids anywhere. And where are they? They're up on the freaking roof watching this tornado just down the block, destroying a gas station. And I just thought, you know, this was just the coolest story in the world to me. And I just, as a kid, was like so fascinated by this this idea of of tornadoes. And I just wanted to see them so badly, you know. And, you know, my grandmother, his mom, um, lived, you know, still lived in Dallas. And we would go there every summer. So Dallas was like, you know, I should say the outskirts, like near Mineral Wells and kind of Fort Worth area. Um basically it was like my second home growing up because we would be there every single summer and that was my first time being in you know like that was the first place where i experienced like a tornado warning and instead of like you know everyone else wanting to take shelter i wanted to go out and see it and i was like kind of mad that we couldn't go see it and like i didn't understand well why like this this is cool we should go see it right like i don't know i didn't understand it but i i just knew that um i wanted to see storms i wanted to see you know, tornadoes and, you know, child in in my childhood, really movies like the wizard of Oz, just like further kind of cemented that interest and that kind of like fascination with what are these things. Um, but it wasn't really until twister, of course, that I realized I didn't know people actually go out and chase and study tornadoes. I didn't know that was a real thing that people did. And so that's what kind of opened my eyes to, oh, well, that just is confirmation that this is definitely something like I need to go do. I need to, like one day I'm gonna chase storms. Like that's just the long and short of it. This is gonna happen. But, you know, growing up in Colorado Springs, you know, we get a lot of weather extremes. Of course, I don't have to tell you that, you know, the Colorado life, like Uh we get a lot of (laughs) extremes due to, you know, our our topography here, the mountains and the influence that they play in our weather patterns and all that. And it was just cool because in the summers, every time that we had crazy storms roll through, basically my whole family would bust out lawn chairs and sit in the garage with the garage open and just watch 
like just watch these storms and like we had the craziest flooding situations happen at our house like our basement flooded like feet of water uh because of some crazy storms we had i mean we we had a lot of wild things um at our house you know with me growing up and it was just i was always just wanting to see if there were storms i wanted to see them like you could not keep me away and so you know that kind of just like followed that for years but I knew I wanted to go to school for meteorology really for a long time um, in my 20s, but I couldn't, you know, I, I was scared, honestly, I'll be honest. I was scared of like the math and everything else that would be required, but I was still really interested in just kind of exploring it. Um, but then, you know, I got actually pregnant with Lily and um, moved to Denver at that time. And I had just thought about starting to go to school. So I kind of had to put that off a little bit, but I did, you know, end up finding a school up there that um, had a meteorology program at Metro State, um, Metropolitan State University. Um, and they, they have an amazing, amazing program. So I was in there for a couple years. Um, and then life circumstances um, caused me to have to move back to the Springs. And I thought, oh my gosh, my meteorology education is over. It's just over. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And several years went by and I, and I discovered Mississippi State's online program. And although it wasn't exactly what I wanted, it was very, very close. And um, that allowed me to go ahead and just you know, complete that dream of of studying meteorology in college and getting my degree. And um, it, it is actually a really great, great program. So I, I, you know, wouldn't have the degree on my wall if it wasn't for discovering that program, because being a single mom, you know, it's hard to work. I was working multiple jobs for most of her life, you know, work, raise a child and go to school. I could, I, there's no way I could fit that all in. So I just, I just, um, you know, this, this was an answer to everything I was looking for. And so, yeah, so now that I have the meteorology side, I was doing all of that, all of my schooling while also chasing. So there were a lot of like times where I was just chasing storms, but also like prepping for tests while I was waiting for storms to develop. I was studying my books. I was studying my notes. I was taking tests in my hotel room later that night after a full day of chasing. Like there was, there was a lot that went into that, <laughs> but yeah, I, I made it happen. That is a lot. Um, and one of the things we haven't really tackled yet on this podcast that I think is uh, critically important and relevant to Girls Who Chase is everything that goes into life management and making these things happen, like what it actually takes to yeah. e become a chaser, become a meteorologist, do what you need to while also doing life. So, um, and, and that it sounds incredibly overwhelming. Um, and I'm curious, were, were there people who supported you in that process? What, what did that look like for you kind of along the way as you went through that? Honestly, my biggest support came from my family, um, and still does. Uh, they've just been my rock through everything. Um, and you know, like, you know, I, I do have like kind of shared custody with her dad. So I did have more freedom on the weeks that I didn't have her to kind of that's kind of, when I didn't have her was when I was doing all my chasing, trying to work ahead in all my classes, trying to do as much work with my jobs as I could so that I could try to be more, you know, as present as possible, you know, on the weeks that I have her. And so I had this crazy balance with, that I think actually ended up working out really well for me as hard as it still is. Um, so I, my biggest support truly has this whole time has been my my family. They've just always been present. They've always been, you know, um, a support, great support to Lily. And, and I'm just so, so grateful for them. Um, they've like never stopped believing in me. Like, even when I had like certain, uh, friends in the chaser community that kind of were like talking down a little bit on the, on the, um, getting a degree in meteorology like why do you really need to do that to me it was really it was really important it was a life goal that i always had and i kind of felt alone in that a lot of the times around my circle of friends at that time and i just felt like no one took me seriously and and you know it was it was not that i really needed to prove myself to anyone other than myself i wanted to prove to myself that that I could do this. And, but I will tell you that it was hard. And if it wasn't for the support of my family, I don't know that I would have had the success that I've had. And so I'm just, yeah, I'm really grateful for them. 
having a support system in a situation like that sounds critically important. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it is. So t is there a story behind how you actually started chasing, like, and that first chase? What is that? What did that look like for you? Yeah, um, absolutely. So um, it really started with watching a lot of storms kind of locally around me. I wasn't so much chasing as I was just putting myself in kind of positions locally where I could just, you know, photograph uh, storms around me. Um, it really started in Denver when I lived there. And I was, when she was little bitty, I would sit out there with my tripod on the balcony and just photograph storms as they came by because I, I wasn't really you know, leaving the house, we had one shared car at the time. So I couldn't really go anywhere while, uh, you know, while her dad was working. And so I would just photograph storms like every single day off that balcony. That's where I photographed my very first lightning, my very first Mamatis clouds, like all of that was was when she was like newborn. Um, and so that's where it kind of started in terms of the photographing like 2010, 2011 timeframe. But it wasn't really until like, my first actual going out and chasing after something like far eastern Colorado um, was like, I still remember it was like this September like 21st or 22nd of like 2014. And I was supposed to be in classes actually. I was at Metro State in Denver and I was supposed to go to, like I had classes that morning and then it, I forget, it was like, I think it was just like a slight risk or maybe even a marginal risk that day in Eastern Colorado. And I was like, so wanting desperately to go out, but I'd always kind of been held back a little bit by fear. Um, I wasn't sure if I knew what I was doing enough to go out and try to chase storms on my own accord. And I had thought, you know, in my early days, I was like, maybe I should go on one of those chasing tours, you know, maybe that's, that's how a lot of people get started. That's probably the safer route. But then like, my stubborn self was just like, no, you know what? You can do this on your own. You don't need anyone to teach you. You can do this. You can figure it out. So that day I was like, like, you know, like I said, I had been in classes and I was leaving one class and going to chemistry. I don't know why I remember. Cause I, I think I remember cause I hated that class so much. <laughs> but I was just like, I, I remember going, walking across campus, looking east and seeing this massive towering cumulonimbus, like towering storm to my east. And I was like, oh my God, I have to go see it. I have to go see it. And so I just booked it across campus, got into my car and blasted east on I-70 because I was right there by I-70. So it was perfect location. And I just blasted east all the way out to like, I don't know, Yuma or something, or maybe even um, uh, I got as far as like actually cope um just north of burlington and this storm i mean it was so beautiful um and i just had no radar i had no i had absolutely no idea what i was doing i just knew that i wanted to see this storm and <laughs> so but i did like i did i got there i looked at i just looked at this massive storm and i was just like oh my god this is the most incredible thing i've ever seen in my life it was just gorgeous like striated you know it was like outflow dominant but gorgeous storm um, and I just, I just photographed the heck out of it. And I was like, um, you know, ended up in Burlington after the storm passed and I got a hotel there. And I just remember all night, I was just like filming out the window, the most incredible, just crawling anvil crawler lightning, uh, the whole night. And I was just like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, because this is the coolest thing. And of course, obviously I knew I had to get more instruction. I had to get more education. I should say I had to learn more. But that was my first real breaking out and, and chasing moment. It's so interesting. I, I am sent, there's a pattern here relative to when women decide to start chasing, there's a thought process that involves, I need to know more. I need more education. I need to stay safe that I'm noticing doesn't necessarily happen <laughs> as much with men and we let it limit us for a while mm -hmm. until we don't, you know? And mm -hmm. I think that's a big piece of, that's why I like to ask that question is, I wanna know when that thought process switches and what it is that changes that you're telling yourself. Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's changed is it goes from I can't to I will and yes. what it is that helps you make that transition. So what that's such a beautiful story um oh, wow i was like just grinning like a mad person over here while you were telling it i love that um so 
I'm going to ask a, what sounds like the same question, but it's different, which is why do you chase? So mm-hmm. for you, like, what is that sort of core why behind all of this? Oh, that's such a deep question because it's so layered and complex. There's so many reasons that go into it, but you know, it makes me feel alive. It makes me feel at peace. It makes me feel safe. Like when I'm out there with storms, I don't feel like any of life's challenges can touch me. I feel almost invincible, but not in the sense of like, I'm taking risks in front of storms because I don't, you know, I don't recognize my limitations here, but I, I just truly feel like everything kind of just drifts away when you're out there, the rest of the world and it's chaos, it just all goes quiet. And um, it just is the most amazing feeling. And it's like, there's, there's different feelings from different chases, even like the chases where it's just a really peaceful storm and you can sit there, even bust out a lawn chair if you want to, and just watch it. It's just slowly churning in front of you and you can just take it all in and it's beautiful. You feel like at peace with yourself. And then I also feel like with some other types of chases where it's really intense and you're core punching and you're getting really up close and personal with a violent tornado or you're like, you're just in the shit. <laughs> Basically, you're just in the heat of the moment and the raw intensity of those moments is something, it's a feeling that I can't possibly compare to anything else in life. And it, and it makes the blood just course through my veins and it makes me feel like I'm standing at the edge of the universe, just like standing at the edge of a waterfall, like preparing to jump off. It's like, it's it's the most incredible feeling and, and you know, um, there's it's so it's just different feelings that you get from different chases and that's what i love is every single chase offers something different even if it's like an incredible lightning storm and i'm just being bombarded with cgs all around me you feel that electricity on your skin and it's just like oh my god it just makes you come alive and i i can't i mean i can't there's nothing in life that i've found that even remotely compares to the feeling that i get from storm chasing so what does being a girl who chases mean to you um i think it means not letting anyone or anything in life hold you back that includes what people think of you Uh, that's the biggest one um it's been very very hard in this field to it's been really hard at times (laughs) yeah it's been hard i will say um as a woman in this field, just to be taken seriously, you know, as I've mentioned before. And um, I, I I just felt like a lot of times I didn't really have a voice and people didn't see me. I was just like some girl who occasionally takes pretty pictures of storms. And like, you know, with groups of men having forecast discussions, I was never really allowed to have a voice, um, especially in the early days. Um, I was even told by one male chaser, I was chasing with a group and I was in the back seat and I had been napping because we were driving and that's kind of, we always took turns, whoever's in the back seat, that's their time to rest. And then, you know, whatever, but we were, I had just woken up and I had been looking at the, you know, details on my phone of the forecast and I wanted to be a part of the forecast discussion. And at one point, one of them was just like, lay, lay back down and go to sleep. The men are talking. And it's just like so many instances in my career of storm chasing where I felt like people didn't think I knew what I was doing and people didn't think that I knew how to chase and how to forecast. And, um, and that I was just always like tagging along with men so that I could, you know, get my pretty storms. Right. But no one, no one ever bothered to get to know me and, and get to know my level of understanding of meteorology. None of them knew that I was like genuinely obsessed. And I could remember tornado dates, like nothing but i can't remember what i did yesterday right like you know it's just like oh yeah (laughs) i I just felt i just so often felt like people just thought i was a joke and didn't take me seriously and i just i i you know there would always be rumors circulating about me and i think it really stemmed from um especially as i got more visible i think it stemmed from a lot of either jealousy or just like um people kind of like not really loving the idea of a woman stepping on their turf, you know, right? Um, you know, this is all just hypotheses and whatever, but I just decided after a certain point, you know, after letting the rumors and stuff get to me at times, that I was just going to tune out the noise as best I could and just shut up and let my work speak for itself time and time again. 
And, you know, that doesn't mean it hasn't been hard at times, but eventually it took a lot of years, but eventually I did feel like, you know, people started to respect me and take me seriously and realize that, oh, she, she is the real deal. She does know what she's doing. And it just, but I felt like I just had to work so much harder to achieve that than, you know, the, my male counterparts in the field. And I do fully believe it's because, you know, because I'm a woman. Um, but I feel like I've come a long way. So if there's anything that I hope that I can do by having any kind of platform is inspire other girls and women that they can do this too. And to ignore what other men or anyone else says about you or thinks about you and just focus on your passion and the things you, you things you want to accomplish and just ignore the noise. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason we're sitting here talking today is because of this, while it's of course anecdotal, um, experience the collective experience we've had of having to work much harder for the yeah. same thing and how Sorry. frustrating that is and the way that it manifests in not being taken seriously and the apparent as we're learning power of a collective voice in talking about this out loud and you know raising it culturally as like, hey, it's it's enough of this. Yeah, <laughs> we've exactly. had it with this yes. already. It's time to take us seriously. That's and I'm right. sorry, I'm sorry you had that experience. Um, but I'm also um, a bit energized at how this is being received and hopeful that I mean, I'm I'm aware that it's not going to be tomorrow that all of this changes. Of course. Um, change is slow and incremental, but, you know, even in this short time, I think we've had an opportunity to really say something here and hopefully that will start to shift behavior. I think so. And, and it really is so inspiring to see all that you're doing with Girls Who Chase and just all these movements to elevate women voices in the field that have so often been silenced or ignored and looked over and and it's not about needing attention so much as it just is wanting to be seen as like an a, on the yes. level playing field equal opportunity it's important yes. that we show and like that people realize that we bring just as much value to the table as our, you know, male storm chaser friends and that we deserve just as much, you know, appreciation for the hard work that we do. We're doing the same work as, as everyone else out there. And, and, you know, so often not seen. So it, it just really is amazing seeing that shift starting and, or, you know, seeing that shift happen over my what 12 years of photographing and chasing storms now. Um, I can't believe it's been 12 years, but you know, it's, it's been a long grind to get here and I'm just grateful to see it's finally shifting. So what has it been like um, for you as a, as a mom? I mean, you've talked about this a little bit as you obtained your degree and then throughout your chasing career. So what has that experience been like for you? I mean, this is, so this is a topic that we haven't covered yet that much on the podcast and I think is critically important and relevant um, because this is happening for a lot of folks who are balancing these things in their lives. So what has your experience been like? How has it impacted, affected, enhanced, otherwise you're chasing um, and probably evolved over time would be my guess for you. Okay. Yeah. Um so it certainly has evolved my storm chasing since you know when she was obviously newborn in the first couple of years of her life of course i didn't i wasn't able to chase much um i photographed like i said storms just kind of in my vicinity wherever i could just drive around like within an hour that's kind of where i started because i knew i couldn't go far you know um but honestly i will say that when her dad and i split and we had this 50 50 arrangement it actually in some ways made things a lot easier for me than it might for most moms because that means every week that I don't have her, I, I have that freedom to do whatever. And then, but I, you know, with the weeks that I do have her, of course, that does mean I'm still, I'm missing a lot of setups. Um, I'm missing a lot of chasing, but it's obviously 
like a no-brainer and it's not the ideal situation from a parenting perspective or from a storm chasing perspective but if i want to be someone that does all things you know raises a daughter and is present for her growing up like that's not something i'm going to give up for anything not not the best setup in the world i i am i will miss hundreds of tornado outbreaks and good tornadoes for the sake of raising her because that obviously has to be priority number one you know she is the in fact i would say she is the driving passion um the driving force that drives my desire to continue to follow my dreams and my goals because how can i tell her to follow her dreams and goals if i'm not living as the example of that i want to show her that if you have something you're passionate about go after it don't let anything any circumstance any challenge any obstacle that you face in life hold you back and if it's science don't let the fact that it might be a male-dominated field hold you back either so i'm trying to kind of coach her along with a lot of this stuff too and with the storm chasing thing honestly like i've never like i always just said if she ever wants to you know chase with me then that's great but i'm never gonna push it on her i'm never gonna force her to chase you know so anytime that we've encountered storms um even from her youngest days i've asked her do you feel comfortable do you feel safe if at any point she doesn't feel safe i just back off um you know i i missed um um i've missed some significant tornadoes even in colorado um because uh she she didn't feel comfortable and i didn't so i didn't push it so um but you know it's been great to evolve that over the years because um i ask her or she'll even she's even asked me hey mom can we go storm chasing today and i'm like uh twist my arm <laughs> uh, right so so it's great i mean you know last year i finally got her her first tornado which was the best experience um you know the excuse me the one near woodrow akron area um really nice beautiful skinny tornado that we were like you know plenty far away from we were so safe and so i knew there was no like potential concerns that they could have because like we were super far away like seven or eight maybe 10 miles i don't know we were pretty far east but that's the great thing about chasing in colorado you can have visibility for miles uh plus you know telephoto wins but anyway it's um it's been great and and i just you know i never will force her to chase with me but i i do love when we can share in those moments together because um it it really means a lot to be able to not just share my passion with her but also educate her you know she asks questions as we're chasing like and i'll tell her what are we what are we seeing and why is it working this way and what's the atmosphere doing and and it was great because when we when i got her you know when we saw that tornado last year in may she happened to be in her class actually you know uh, they were actually doing a um a segment on meteorology and so the next day she got to present her tornado pictures that she captured on her own camera Whoa. and talk about it to her class and her whole class was like what you go storm chasing with your mom like it was the, it was so great it was like total mama pride moment <laughs> that's awesome yeah so it's 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 been great and as always like you know, she has her own passions. She's really interested in space and stuff like that. And I think that's great. Um, I will support whatever she's passionate about. And anytime she wants to come chase with me, like I'm all on board with it. And, but if it's, if she doesn't want to chase and it's too dangerous of a day, or if it's like, cause I'll never take her on dangerous, like, like really dangerous setups, like high end setups. I'm not going to take her out for like that kind of stuff. Um, but if it's like, you know, something I can't get away from in terms of like, I can't like, like if there's no babysitting, like her parent or like her grandparents can't watch, uh, can't watch her, then I, I stay home with her and it's like a no brainer. And that means I miss a lot of stuff, but it's, it's okay. Again, like she's only little once and I want to be here for that. So, you know, um, eventually she'll be 18 and on her own and I'll be chasing every single thing that I can find. But until then, <laughs> until right. then, you know, I have to, I just have to think about everything differently. And so even on the weeks that I can't chase or whatever, I'm looking at the setup, I'm still analyzing the setup. I'm looking at how it evolves. I'm trying to learn, you know, learn from how the setup evolves and everything. So it's a nonstop obsessive learning process for me. Obsessive is absolutely the right word for it. <laughs> I totally understand that. So, Lily, I have a question for you, if you're ready. Um, 
actually I have two. Um, what do you think about storm chasing? I honestly think it's really cool, even though it can be dangerous. Some of the outcomes are so like amazing and what people can do when they go chasing it's crazy with like what they capture in photos and stuff. What was it like seeing your first tornado? Uh, it was exciting. Uh, it was so beautiful. Uh, I mean, it was my first one, so I was obviously excited. Yeah. <laughs> right? She was squealing in the uh, the video that I recorded, and you could just hear her, hear her squealing, and she was so... I love like, it. so beautiful! <laughs> yeah. And what is it like having your mom be a storm chaser? It's... It's interesting. Um, <laughs> she has a ton of storm photos, as you can see. Uh, I have some of them in my room. Uh, I I love seeing like all the like. Uh, I like seeing supercells. Those are really cool to see. Yeah, I like just going with her because it's it's just mom daughter time. <laughs> the best kind. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like you're interested in space. So is science kind of one of, one of those things you're interested in? Yeah, I really like astronomy. It's really interesting to me. Like, Neat. yeah. It's... I like it. What is it about <laughs> astronomy? It's just so interesting. All the things that you can, like, uh, I love seeing all the photos of like nebulas and these beautiful things in space, and, like videos of stuff like that. It's just fascinating to me. Space is fascinating. It's like mm -hmm. a whole other world, literally. Yeah. Neat. Makes you feel small, doesn't it? Very. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we, we have all kinds of space books and she loves just seeing all the, all the stuff that's been captured, you know, by the James Webb telescope and all these um, photos from the past and everything. And so it's it's definitely a big thing we're big fans over here cool yeah we like science over here science is pretty yeah. awesome mm -hmm. that's right so jess um what would you say the best life lesson is that chasing has taught you storm chasing runs parallel to life in a lot of ways and i think there are so many so many lessons that can be taken from storm chasing. And I think one of the most important ones is that there's always beauty in the storm. Whatever your storm that you're facing in life, um, there's always light in the darkness. You just have to look for it. You have to know where to look for it. And if you if you look hard enough and you have the right perspective, um, you can find it. And And I think we should not be resistant to the way that storms in our lives shape and change us just the same way that storms change and shape our world um yes they can be destructive but they can also be rejuvenating forces um so sometimes some things fall away and that's hard and you know devastating at the time but then oftentimes we're able to rebuild something new and something better out of out of tragedy comes triumph and there's so many ways that you can find beauty from the ashes of just really difficult trials that you might go through in life. Um, anytime I've been going through something really heavy and I'm out there chasing storms, it, it just, it really does feel like a rejuvenating life force flows through my veins. And I feel just that, that shred of hope and seeing the beauty of nature and our atmosphere just makes me feel like, okay, you know, like, I'm going to be okay. As long as I have storm chasing and as long as I have these things that keep me alive and keep me, um, and when I say keep me alive, I literally mean that because I just, I, I really feel like chasing has kept me going through some of the hardest times in my life. And if it weren't for chasing, I don't know if I would be here today because it's the one thing that helps me find hope and beauty in the world when the, you know, the world can seem really dark. So, um, I think that's, that's, you know, it's obviously pretty deep and a little heavy, but I think it's important because, you know, we, we just so often can get wrapped up in our, our struggles and our challenges 
and it can feel sometimes like, you know, our world is ending, like life is over. Like, you know, even with some of my health challenges, I've felt that way many times. There was even a time that I thought I wouldn't be able to chase anymore because I, my health was so poor. And, and that was really awful on my mental health. And it's still something that I face and have fears about, but I, I have been able to come back and I'll tell you that it, it's changed my perspective on chasing even more because, you know, I used to be one of those people that would get disappointed if I didn't see tornadoes um, on a setup that really seemed like it could produce tornadoes. But what my what my health challenges have taught me is that just like there's so much beauty in the storm if you know where to look and if you change your perspective and and appreciate the little things, the subtle details. Um, the way the light is filtering through the clouds and look at those sun rays filtering through the rain shaft and look at this rainbow and and this gorgeous, you know, hail like falling that's just catching the light just right. And just even the shapes of storms and how they, you know, the textures in the, in the sky. And, and I just like, it just caused me to just take such a different perspective with how I viewed chasing and I'm never disappointed after a chase anymore. I'm not, it's such an amazing freeing feeling where Every single chase, I'm just so, so grateful to be there and that I can even chase at all. So it, it just has given me such a deeper appreciation for the times that I can be out there. There are so many things you just said that I completely relate to on so many levels. Um, yeah. And that's exactly why I ask that particular question, because I think a lot of the conversations we have about storm chasing and weather are about storm chasing and weather. Um, but there are so many links to life and how we're growing as human beings and how being a chaser has shaped who we are as people um, that I think it's important to call these things out. And that was, that was beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you, I appreciate it. So this is a question for both of you. What would you say to someone who's afraid to pursue a passion, like something they love, um, or they're being told it's not the right path for them? What do you think, Lily? Uh, just ignore everyone else and put yourself out there and do what you want to do. I think that's a great answer. I do too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I echo that. I think you have to just follow your heart and as cliche and corny as that sounds um your heart doesn't lead you astray and fear is absolutely one of the driving things that causes a lot of people to give up on their dreams and not follow their their passions in life because for whatever reason they think it might be it's too risky they're putting themselves out there they're taking a risk that feels unsafe it's out of their normal comfort zone or it may not be like the standard path that their parents think they should take or society tells them to take, you know, go to college, get a degree, get this job and work your nine to five until you die. <laughs> you know, like there's, you know, there's so many societal norms that I think storm chasing challenges. And, um, and I think it's been a huge growth thing for me as well to be like, yeah, there are, there is not one right path for every person and everyone's path is going to look different. And as long as you are happy and fulfilled doing what you're doing, if you're doing work that you love, the saying goes, you'll never work a day in your life because you love what you're, what you're doing. And that doesn't mean it won't be hard. That doesn't mean you won't face challenges and obstacles and times where you want to give up times where you're reflecting and wondering why you're out there. Why am I doing this? Um, because I've had a lot of those moments, but it always comes back to the passion. That passion doesn't die. And as long as you keep stoking that flame inside of you, it, it will never die. And you just have to follow it and look for ways to make that path sustainable. And I have been trying for 12 years to figure that out with storm chasing and I'm, it's still a work in progress, but I I'm telling you it's, it's with any path, with any path that you choose and you're passionate about you won't regret going after it. Even if you fail the first couple times or first 10 times, like just keep going and innovating and looking for new ways to break out and be successful with it. And don't be afraid to chart a new path that's never been charted before. Like, you know, me with NFTs last year, that was a brief time period where I was really successful with selling my art. There's just, 
you know, but I caught a lot of flack and controversy for that. And, you know, it's okay. I've kind of moved a lot of, a bit further away from that now, but it was just a step stone, a stepping stone in my journey. Okay, this was a chapter. Now that chapter is fairly over. So now what's the ne next chapter for me? You know, and that's it. whatever you're doing in life, whatever your path is, just, just keep evolving. Just because one door closes doesn't mean it's over. That means you have to look for another door. What's the next door? Where, where are you going to go next? And you have to just keep searching, keep searching and following your passion and, and you'll get there. That's just life at large, huh? Right? I mean, the only constant is change. And so I think at the end of the day, it's all about how you choose to respond to it, how you springboard off of it, right? What that next move is, as opposed to just letting it sort of pound you into the ground. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Easier said than done sometimes, I know. Always. But you, yeah. You just gotta, but I think that's why we have chasing friends too, to kind of remind us. I mean, the number of times that I've thought to myself, I'm insane for doing this. <laughs> like, you know, I've made my entire life about this. And like, we barely even saw storms this year in Colorado. And why am I doing this again? <laughs> like, what is this all for? Right. But all it takes, I think, sometimes is a conversation with a chasing friend where you share that same passionate energy and can remind each other why it all matters, you know? Exactly. Or for the 50th time, you know, reliving some great chase that kind of brings that energy back to you, kind of. Yeah. Um, and that is why we remember dates of tornadoes from five years ago, but can't yeah. remember what we did yesterday. <laughs> absolutely like, there's so much of that it's like you know there, the times that i've like wondered like you said why i'm still chasing why am i doing this i was in a really deep rut with that and then i think it was like 2018 because 2018 was my worst chasing year ever um and 2020 is pretty close contender at least in 2018 i saw tesca i saw one solid tornado that year but it was a rough year i think 2018 was worse just in the sense of just constantly grinding for all these setups and then none of them panning out it was just whereas 2020 was a lot of it i couldn't chase because of you know pandemic and then a lot of it was just too far away or something like that so it was just it was just not a great year um but i i was in a deep rut and it was like honestly it was imperial um, I remember thinking like, there was like several weeks leading up to that. I was like, why am I chasing? What am I doing? And then Imperial happened and I was like, oh yeah, that's why I'm chasing. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes it just takes like an incredible storm, um, in the moment that you're just like, why was I ever doubting myself? Why was I doubting any of this? So it's a, chasing is a roller coaster for sure. It's like the biggest roller coaster I've ever ridden in my life. Yeah. Cheers. Same. <laughs> That is a, it is, it's an emotional roller coaster and mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's cr the span between the lowest of the low to getting that one storm is like moving into that high is extreme. Like there's just not a lot that <laughs> I think compares to that, that swing. <laughs> yeah. Like after an insane chase when you've had like so much adrenaline and then you get back to the hotel and you just crash so hard. You're like, Oh my God. <laughs> yep. What is this? <laughs> yep. Actually yeah. there was one time this year, um, that usually I can kind of make it back to a hotel or home before the adrenaline like totally wears off. And sometimes I can't fall asleep that night because, yeah. you know, yeah. um, but I actually felt the moment the adrenaline left my system. Like I went from wide awake and, you know, functional to like, whoa, I need a nap like right this minute. <laughs> that was a different kind of transition. <laughs> yeah, that's a little scary, especially if you're far from a hotel. Yeah, well, yes, that too. Luckily, I was not. But it was it was definitely an interesting, like, um, I don't think you realize sometimes because there's it's like a slow progression upward, mm -hmm. right? You're looking at models days out, and you're getting kind of excited and the systems coming and as it's getting closer, it's like, maybe not falling apart, like it has a lot recently and you're like wow this is really happening and this could be really good and you know and then by the time you actually get to the day you're just peaking yeah <laughs> at that exactly. point um so yeah it is it's it is transitioning in and out of that is is also i would say emotional it is for me 
anyway. It is scary. It's very, because you have that. I, I've been this way so many times, especially after learning the hard way so many times where a setup just looks so good days out. And then you get closer and it falls apart and you're just like so disappointed and like, oh my God, I was so excited for the setup. And so I've learned to have that reserved, cautious optimism, a lot more like a lot more critical analysis of the setups so that I'm looking for any potential failure modes because no matter how good the setup is, there's going to be a failure mode. Um, so I'm always looking for that because I'm almost trying to like psych myself out from being too excited totally. because if I'm too amped up, and then like nothing happens and I blue sky bust and then I have to drive all the way home from freaking Wisconsin, it's gonna be a bad time. Um, so I've, I've Not learned... from experience or anything. No, not, not at all from experience. <laughs> or North Dakota, oh God. Um, but I have, I have busted so many times on chases that I, I just have learned, okay, I gotta be more reserved with my enthusiasm and. And, but I say that to myself and then it's just, it's impossible for me to like, especially when I'm actually there and it's the day of the setup, it's impossible for me to like reserve my feelings anymore. I'm just like too excited and it's like too, too much. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's a roller coaster, but you know, I'm, I guess I'm on for the ride and I'm hanging on for dear life and yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, man, that bus drive back is, those are whole other life experience yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a yeah those are quiet moments in the car especially if, with, if you're with a group that's also like everyone's bummed out it's just quiet just kind of playing music and just trying to not analyze our life choices yes what are we doing <laughs> totally. oh my god but that's just yeah. that's just all part of chasing and that's i learned so much more from my busts with chasing than I do for my for my successes, honestly, because the busts, I'm so mad about busting, especially if I miss something somewhere else, that I'm like going through and figuring out, okay, where did my brain get this wrong? How did I screw up this forecast? How can I do better next time? What are the patterns I should be looking for? And that's probably my biggest strength is recognizing patterns based off past experiences. And that's helped me a lot, but it, it all came from failing a lot. And now I can recognize those failure modes and be like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I for sure have learned way more from my mistakes than from my successes. Like, I analyze, overanalyze both, <laughs> probably yeah, to death. Sure. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's what makes us, that's what that's what drives the passion again, is that, share, that, that you obviously we share the same passionate obsession to understand the weather and meteorology and the way that all works and why do why did these setups produce this outcome but this setup that looks so diff you know so similar a few weeks later or a year later or whatever did not produce the same outcome what was what are the subtle differences that we missed or is it just mother nature being moody like what is, what is it what is it and so i think i think that's what among all the passions that i've had and lost interest in that's what keeps me passionate about meteorology is because I will never have it all figured out. You, like we will never have all the answers um, to how weather works. And that's what fascinates me and keeps me constantly obsessed to learn more. That's probably very similar for me as well. It's like, if you have that kind of personality where you're not really totally engaged unless something is challenging you and kind of pushing you out of your comfort zone a little bit, it's like mm -hmm. almost not worth the trouble. <laughs> Now you're like, I just, I get bored too easily. I'm like, oh, I yeah. figured this out. Okay. Like what's next? And I just like get bored and I bounce from things to thing. You yeah. know, for, that's why, you know, I've kind of gone through a lot of jobs because I just get bored at jobs and I'm like, this isn't for me. I want to be out chasing. I want to be studying the weather. And so I just finally had to stop trying to do like trying to fit into the box that like family or society wanted me to fit into the traditional job route and just freaking go after what I want to do, which is weather and chasing and meteorology. And I somehow managed to combine it all into one great combination that I can use this meteorology knowledge to help me be a better chaser. And and capture the photographs, the perspectives that I hope people see and realize that, you know, there is beauty in every storm. And I, I hope that I can continue to show the beautiful side of storms and how rejuvenating and healing they can be and also inspire girls to, you know, follow their passion, whether it's science or what, like, just don't let anyone hold you back. So it's just been 
what a journey it's been. It's just been crazy. What important lessons have you learned along this journey that you wish you'd known when you started and would want to share with other women working in meteorology or working toward meteorology or chasing? I would just say have very thick skin. Um, have your have your guard up, be careful, um, and just maybe just, um, like I said before, just kind of stay focused on what you're doing. Ignore the noise, ignore whatever men or anyone else tries to, you know, say about you or anything like that. And like I said, just just be who you are and keep shining your bright light and go after your dreams and passions and just just don't let anything hold you back. Like truly don't let anything hold you back, no matter what anyone says. Um, you know, that's the main lesson that I, I just want to keep sharing. And I mean, I've shared it before, but I just, I don't want anyone to ever let fear be the reason they didn't pursue their dreams. Fear of what other people think about you, fear of what they say about you, fear of what you hear, like through the grapevine. It's just, it's chasing as a very, um, clicky community, community at times. And, um, you know, there's some really nasty situations that have happened out there, but it's like, you just have to rise above everything, no matter what, just keep rising. If something happens, even if you're the one that made the mistake, just like try to do better next time and keep rising, keep learning from everything, whether it's a failed chase situation or like, you know, social situations that maybe didn't pan out for you, you know, try not to get too wrapped up in any kind of dramas or any kind of like you know, if there's toxic situations, try your best to remove yourself from them and just constantly elevate yourself as best as you can. Um, and, and keep focused on what you're doing. Don't let anyone distract you from, from your goals. So if someone's listening to this and kind of wants to follow a similar path, right, go get their meteorology degree or move into some kind of um, met work and or become a chaser, what do you think is the most important skills, education, et cetera, that you would need to be successful and thrive in this area? Bottom line is just hard work. You have to be willing to work really hard for it because, you know, if you go to school for meteorology, you have to just know that it's going to be a grind. It's going to be really, really hard. It might be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. Um, but it's worth it, especially if that's your goal and your passion and your dream. Don't let anyone steer you away from that. And, you know, you can take that degree anywhere. You don't have to go traditional routes. You know, you don't have to work for the National Weather Service. It's, you know, you don't have to work a government job. You don't have to work in broadcast. If you don't see a path that feels right for you, carve your own. And that's what I've been doing because, yeah, I wanted to be a meteorologist, but I didn't want to be stuck in front of a green screen every single day. Um, I'm not even sure. I mean, I've done a lot of TV reporting, um, you know, in the past, but I always was in the field uh, reporting and that that I enjoyed a whole lot. Like, I love reporting from the field because that feels like being in my element and and talking about the weather and helping to kind of communicate what's going on. So just just always like find the path that most suits you. And you don't have to have a meteorology degree to be a successful chaser. You don't have to follow that path. Um, it just, it's just another tool under your belt in your arsenal that can help you be successful, especially if you do have other passions or you want to do more research. Um, definitely if you're gonna do research, you've got to consider grad school and that is very grueling as well. Um, and you can even work in the private sector. Like I just finished an internship uh, with um, a consulting firm that did a lot of forecasting for the state of Colorado, um, just based on uh, flood forecasting. So it was a hydrologic um, uh, consulting firm. So we provided a lot of, um, you know, warning or not warning, but um, outlook information for like, you know, uh, Colorado Conservation Board and, and other like clients locally in Colorado. Um, really important communications that we were putting out our own outlooks for the day um, and uh, just kind of letting people know if there's flood threats, you know, and then after after the setup, we would go really hard into the analysis of why we did or did not um, succeed with that forecast that day and how we can improve it and stuff like that. So whatever path you take, 
um, there, just know that there's a lot of non-traditional routes out there that um, don't require you to be in an office 24-7 or work, you know, shift work at the National Weather Service. Like, that stuff is a grind. And if you have a kid, that type of work is not possible. Like, I can't do shift work. I can't work for the National Weather Service. It just, I could never as a single mom, maybe if I was married, it would be different. But as a single mom, I I can't, I have to be the one that's taking her to school, picking her up. Like I have to be present, helping her with homework if she needs it, taking her to her appointments and her, her activities and things like that. So there's a lot to juggle, but whether you're a mom or not, what whatever your path is, I hope I can, I can be an example that no matter what you've got going on, if you've got a path that you have in mind, you can accomplish it. So like I, you know, while being a single mom, I still managed to get my degree while still storm chasing every single spring and and working these jobs that um, have given me a lot of experience and a lot of growth in the field. You know, my broadcasting job, I guess you can call it broadcast, even though I was in the field, but it was, I, I'm kind of all over the place with this. I guess the point that I am just trying to make is, um, just find the path that makes the most sense for you. And whether that includes a degree or not, you can still accomplish whatever whatever dreams you have, as long as you're just focused on what you want to accomplish, have actionable like steps that you can take to get there and just and just do it. Any particular resources that you feel like were most useful to you, um, whether it was like a women in meteorology community or, um, specific educational resources or anything that you would call out that you found most useful kind of in your growth phase? Well, hands down, if especially if you're not going to get a degree, um, the MedEd, the, the Comet MedEd website, hands down, um, the best website there is for finding literally anything you could want to possibly study or learn about. Like, that's how I first learned about like photographs and how to read them and how to read uh, skew T charts and these very complex things that I didn't understand at all when I first looked at them. And now I can plot them and now I know how to read them and, and how to interpret what that means. Like looking at a photograph and knowing, okay, that's, I know what the storm is going to look like visually just based on that photograph. Like a lot of that has been, okay, learning this, the meteorology side of it, but it doesn't stop there. You have to learn that and then apply it in the field and see why it works in the field and why sometimes it doesn't. What are the exceptions? Why did this setup not produce and this setup did? What were the subtle differences? So a lot of it is application. Um, so go to go to the MedEd website and um, search anything. Like there's summer severe weather course, or uh, yeah, there's a summer severe weather one that's really, really good. And then there's like a whole plethora of things. And I've gone through a bunch of different like satellite ones, a bunch of different radar ones. There's just a million resources. Also, um, any of the books by Tim Vasquez, um, I've probably got like 10 of his books. Um, so specifically like related to radar and SKU-T. Um, we have like a million different forecasting <laughs> uh, books that we've collected over the years and Tim Vasquez's are some of the best out there. So that's funny. I've got my mic uh, on a stack of books and there's a Tim Vasquez book on the bottom of the stack. <laughs> I so, love it. It's yes, like, it's totally like, agree. Are you, are, are you even a chaser if you don't have like at least one Tim Vasquez <laughs> book? Right. <laughs> well, Jess, uh, tell us where people can find you on social media, you and your chase work and photography and everything else. Um. Yeah. So on Twitter, I'm Doppler Jess. Uh, real easy, Doppler Jess. On Instagram, I'm Jessica Moore dot photographer. On Facebook, I'm jessica moore storm chaser <laughs> um so i probably should have made that like all the same across the board so that would have been easier but yeah so jessica moore storm chaser on facebook and um that's probably where i'll do most of my live streaming and stuff like i'm doing a lot more of that this um coming next spring i'll be doing a lot more of that and just cool. that's primarily i think where i'm going to be doing a lot of my content but um twitter and instagram for sure i'm still going to be there um so yeah, those are the main three places. And then YouTube is Jessica Moore meteorologist. <laughs> so yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm all over the places. But um, if you just go to Twitter at Doppler Jess, I have a link in my bio with my link tree that has literally every single place you can find my work, you can order my prints, you can see my media interviews, anything like that that you want to see you can find on Twitter on my bio. Awesome. 
Well, thank you both very much for joining me today. It was wonderful chatting, chasing. It certainly improved my morning significantly, talking about my favorite subject and hearing your story. Um, and I so appreciate your perspective and um, sharing what it's been like going through all of these things for you, Jess. I think it's just really important that people hear this. So thank you both very much. Thank you so much for having us. It really means a lot. And especially for having my daughter on the show with me, like, you know, it's, it's just so special to me to be able to, to share our journey collectively. And, and, um, I know she was nervous, but she did great. And I just, she did um, great. <laughs> I just appreciate the time. So thank you very much. Today's episode was recorded and edited by me, Jen Walton. Our music is by storm chaser Lori Bailey in collaboration with artist Inez Lobo. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can follow us at Girls Who Chase on Instagram and Twitter to hear about our upcoming events and see storm photos and videos from our badass contributors. You can support this initiative by donating or by becoming a Patreon member where you'll get exclusive access to storm chasing content, forecasting information, and merchandise. You can find links to all of these at girlswhochase.com and in the show notes. Signing off for now, we'll see you under a mezzo.